a Podcast One production. Created for expectant parents, new mums, new grandparents, or women thinking about becoming pregnant. This series guides you through the highs and lows of pregnancy, giving birth, and the complexities of parenting. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Midwife Kath. Hello, Brooke. Hi. Kath, if I'm, um, if I'm honest, uh, I'm a bit kind of nervous about this episode, about the topic of this episode, because we're talking about the death of a child and we have mm. a friend of yours, Yolanda Care, joining us, who's going to share with us her personal journey, um, which... We're really thankful for Yolanda. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh, but I just, yeah, I wanted to preface this, Kath, because I just, it's a difficult. Yes, it is. And, you know, not many people, I like to talk about um, the death of a child, like to hear about it. But um, I think if it's, if it's your child that has died, you like to talk about it and people you like people to talk to you about your child. In my experience with women who have lost a child, there's nothing worse if people ignore the fact that your child has passed away and people talk about everything else except your child has died. Um, so it's, you know, it's really important that, you know, we have this conversation and we talked to Yolanda today about... Isabella, who passed away, just just the story that you know it's it was very sad and it still is sad because you know um, she's lost a child and still always has a memory of her and you know when you lose a child you still have to parent other children and that is very hard when you have to lift yourself up and continue to um, parent other children when you're, when you're grieving. That's, that's hard too. Absolutely. Yolanda, can I begin by um, asking about, about your journey, about your story, about Isabella? Where did, where did that start? Um, my journey started, or well, I suppose I was, fell pregnant in 2014, but I married my husband in, in 2009 and with Isabella, we went through sort of a, you know a, a bit of a of a tough journey. So we went through IVF for our first two children. We sort of because we were married in two thousand nine, we had a um, we were trying for a while, and I was thinking, you know what, there's something not right. Um, but yeah, so we decided to go down the track of um, IVF. How many cycles did you go through? Went through five cycles mm-hmm. of IVF um, to get um, Isabella and Valentina. Mm. Um, twins. So, twins. So twins. Twins. Yes. Oh. Twin girls. Yes, mm. exactly. So identical twin girls too. Mm. Yeah, so the that was a, obviously a journey within itself. Mm. Um, uh, did but, you find out straight away that... They were twins? Um, no, we didn't. Mm. So what happened was um, basically uh, I went in for one of my scans and, um, you know, they seen one on there and I'm like, oh, you know, fantastic, you know, after <laughs> five. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's right. That's what you want to say. So. <laughs> There's definitely something there. So, yeah. you know, um, that was great. So, but then at about seven weeks or so, I had some bleeding and I thought, oh, no, I've lost, you know, this this baby and, and you know, because I had lost um, some previously and I, I've turned up to my um, emergency room 
at the hospital and they took me in for a ultrasound and I remember it was <laughs> me <laughs> me and Tony in there and my mum was there as well and the lady goes, um, you're actually not having one, you're having two. <laughs> and that moment will always oh. sort of stay in my head because yeah. my mum was like, oh, my God, are you mad? <laughs> so, is, that, um, is, is it elation or is it shock. absolute fear? Yeah, it was, I think it was shock and fear of like, oh, my God, how, how are we going to do this? Yeah, how are we and and do you've, it you've been trying for yes. so long to yep. have a pregnancy that... Yep. You want to have a baby yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, well, hang on a minute. I only want I don't you. know. You've overdone it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that and how you felt? Well, well, the thing was like, we're like, but how is there two? We only transferred one embryo. Yeah, like a lot yeah. of people automatically think, oh, well, you've gone through IVF, then you've transferred two two embryos. So that's why you got twins. Mm. Well, no, ours, ours was only one that split, um, split basically. Mm. And we were just, yeah, it just was meant to be. And yep. um, so you're about seven and a half weeks then? Yes. Yeah. And so after that, so the bleeding was fine often. You get yeah. a bit of bleeding and that's quite normal. Um, so after that seven and a half weeks, you would have got to 12 weeks and had another scan and um, yep. had a check. And then was that when you found out that there was some issues? No. So um, um, it was at our 16-week scan. Um, I was there with uh, my mum, my husband was working. The lady's there, I'm lying on the bed and she's looking and looking and I'm thinking, mm. what's going on here? I like, know, you know, looking she's, too long. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I'm like, um, is, there, is there something wrong sort of thing? She goes, oh, she goes, I've just picked up something um, in regards to the heart. I think that, you know, there's a um, heart abnormality with one of them, mm. but I can't confirm anything until around the 18 to 20 weeks when they can basically see clearer because obviously it's so small. Um, but she goes, you know, your other twin's fine, um, but, you know, come back and, and things. And immediately, obviously, you start feeling sick because you're like, oh, my God, what's wrong with my child? Like, that, And then it's another two weeks. Yes, exactly. That's a long time, isn't it? Exactly. And I, I remember speaking to my doctor um, and then he reassured me um, and was saying, you know, there's no need to sort of stress now mm. until we know obviously further down the track to, to what we're sort of dealing with. So, you know, I was sitting there and I was bawling my eyes out pretty much because, you know, I just felt like something's, you know, mm. why, why is this happening well, to me? Well, any time in a pregnancy, um, because as soon as you're pregnant, yeah. you're actually parenting, yeah. don't you think? Like as soon as that, that you've got a pro positive pregnancy test, yeah. that feeling stays. Yeah. That it's feeling, all, yeah. it doesn't, it is, yeah. is what you feel when you're parenting all the time. Yeah, well, you, you're straight away looking after, you know, something. You, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though you can't see it, you're still, you know, whatever you put into your body, you know that it's going to affect your child. Yeah. So. so when you've heard something is potentially wrong with your child, that's that affects you and you're very yeah. upset. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I remember I had, because obviously my mum was with me, I had to call my husband and that was a really hard conversation to have. Like, you know, he's at work and thinking, oh yeah, he's just going for a normal 16-inch ultrasound. I had to call him and say, you're... Hey, things are not really um, okay. Mm. We don't know what it is yet, but there's no. something wrong with the heart. So he he took that quite hard mm. as well, being, you know, and not being there. Yeah, not being there when you know he probably wanted to, but obviously, yeah, he had to work. So yeah. going home and it's quite an isolating, lonely feeling yeah. being um, at home. And did you want to Google? 
Of course. Google. <laughs> I, I tend to Google a lot and I know it's not always the best thing mm. to do. Um, did you have any words to what the heart issue might be or did you just hear that it might be a heart issue? Um, they had said, they had mentioned that um, it may have been the left side of the heart. So then obviously you go on Google sort of things, what happens with the left side of the heart. Um, I do think though... I sort of put it in um, in the background, whereas I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm not going to, you know, I want, I've got these two kids. I don't want to get myself stressed because obviously the stress is going to sort of, you know, affect them. Mm. Um, and yeah, I did Google a little bit, but when I, when you start seeing things that you don't like, I think that's when I sort of took a step back and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to wait. Because you can actually find anything, can't yes, you? Yes, exactly. Yep. But you really, it's yep. such a broad... Yep. <laughs> broad area in Google. That's so. one of your main messages, isn't it, Kat? Yeah. Don't, don't Google. Yeah. Yeah. Go and get yeah. real, real yeah. professional help. Yeah, exactly. So we came to the ultrasound, so it was about 20 weeks, and I had the cardiologist there and the sonographer as well. Um, and unfortunately, our cardiologist confirmed a diagnosis of hyperplastic left heart syndrome. What's, so, what, what's that? Yeah, so it basically means that the left side of the heart is very poorly formed uh, and it cannot support the main circulation around the body. Uh, so the left ventricle and the aorta are abnormally small and this is it's one of the most severe heart defects that you can get pretty much. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a series of operations that, you know, you look into. Um, yeah, so. Was that a was that an option for you? Is it, is it something that happens after or, or during pregnancy? Yeah, so we'll, we were given three options um, by our cardiologist. It was a very, very confronting appointment. Um, our three options were our first option, which they highly recommend, um, is aborting and putting basically... Because I was in a twin situation, when they recommended aborting one of the twins, I knew that that I would be putting my other twin at risk. But they recommend that because I suppose medically they need they have to give you all the options, but they recommend it because it's um, it's not an easy journey, and I don't think um, I would do. That. Mm. Yeah, it's very confronting. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. 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 So what, that's very hard. Is, is that? Can I ask what 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 plays out in those circumstances, and is it is it kind of like I'm choosing one, or you're not choosing one because you you know which yeah. one? What? I sort of I think you know when they were saying that I'm like, but I've got another one. I mm. I can't. I'm no. not. I'm not willing to do that. Like you know, um, and I suppose what comes into it is like, well, maybe the are they a hundred percent sure? Like you know, what what if I bought this child and it could have had a life or. You know, maybe when it was born, there was something not um, so severe or something. You just never know, um, mm. I suppose. And then that's when it came to obviously our, you know, our two other options. The other option is you could give birth, obviously, to both twins, um, and then um, sort of obviously the twin with a heart condition would have to sort of you know be in hospital and with minimal support and and sort of see how long it would live for, maybe days, hours, minutes. So that's without any sort of, you know, surgical support, I suppose. Um, and then our third option was basically having um, both twins and then going through a series of operations to try and uh, not rectify because obviously it's an incurable condition. 
but try and sort of um, is it prolong life? Yeah, sort of prolong the life of the of the of the child. So yeah, so basically there's um, you know a series of operations that that you would need to go through. So when they're sort of running through things, they're like, okay, so you know if you choose to go down this path, your child would be would be born taken across to the children's sort of pretty much within the first few hours of life, and then within the first couple of days have a major heart, open heart surgery. And that wouldn't be the only surgery. Um, it's a series of operations to try and sort of redire- redirect flow and, and things like that of, of the heart. And mm. it's, not to f- it's not to fix anything. Yeah. No. It's just to... Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that that's a huge conversation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A huge conversation. And how do you and Tony deal with that in that room and then walk out? Goodness. Yeah, so um, I suppose our immediate um, thing was was uh, you you just broken down. You're just like in shock, yeah, because um, you've just received you know this diagnosis, and you're like, oh my god, what? I, I thought I was having you know two healthy twins, like you know, I, I, um, that was really hard to deal with. I suppose you you sort of you have to go through and and absorb the information first and then at home we had discussions about our three options. Mm. It's sort of like we came we ended up coming to the decision that um, we wanted to give Isabella the everything possible um, and give her every chance um, at, at fighting and and having a life. Mm. Um, it just the other options just didn't feel right to me mm. and and Tony obviously as well so mm. I think sometimes, you know, medical people tend to sound a bit blasé. Yes. You know, it's sort of like very clinical. Why is mm. that? Well, is it, I, is it legal? Is it? Well, I think you have, as you said, you, you have to give the options. They're, they're never nice. And some people will take option one, mm. you know. Yeah, and, um And that's not the wrong option, obviously. There for is, some people, it's what works right. for them. That's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, it, 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 it does happen, but mm. Um, mm. the medical people really do such a marvellous job in, you know, giving that information out and um, feel very much, you know, com- mm. feel a lot of compassion for people because it's very hard to you know, give that information to, to people. Uh, Kath, you, you know, you understand this and obviously you too, London. You said that, you know, once you get the options, you've got to process it and then you have to go and talk about it. Do, did you have time to process? Because sometimes in a medical capacity, you, you're just not given the time. You have information, you have to make a decision. It, what was it like for you and your, and your husband? Um, I suppose, well, I felt like we had time. Yeah. Um, we, because you didn't want to terminate. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, because I had pretty much ruled that out straight away as soon as I, as soon as I sort of heard that. Mm. Um, and I mean, I suppose that, that might be a little bit, you know, sort of selfish for myself because I didn't, you know, really ask Tony um, what he was feeling at that at that point, um, but I knew that obviously it was you know sort of my body and my children mm. as well. So that's where it sort of comes down to a bit of selfishness. Um, but yeah, I had I had the time. Um, I, I probably had probably to my next appointment with my doctor, um, which was in a, about a week um, later. So a so, week. Yeah, about a week. Yeah. 
What about family and friends? Is these the conversations that you let them in on or not? So I have a very close-knit family, um, which I'm very lucky to have. So um, I suppose we had discussed it uh, with our parents because it's it's um, it involves everyone. Um, so not only obviously you and your husband, but the, the stress and pressure on your family and friends because, you know, they're there to sort of pick up the pieces for you as well. Um, sort of, you know, when things don't necessarily go to plan or, or et cetera. Um, but... Yeah, it's it. Um, yeah, it was it was hard. It was hard, and and they did have they did give you advice, or they did. Play yeah, a part. exactly. Yeah, I mean, I suppose when, once we um we did look up um hyperplastic left heart, um sort of you know trying to get as much medical information as we could, um and I suppose once we sort of got that diagnosis as well, we were we were lucky um online. Uh, through Facebook, there's actually a, a Heart Kids parents um, sort of group group um, that I was able to connect into and sort of ask questions and see everyone else's journey sort of, you know, because when you do read the medical information, it's quite sort of daunting and it, you've got to sort of put it into your own terms and, and, and everyday terms, like what what is this going to look like? You mm. know, what am I going to have to go through? Um, you know, what is this poor child going to have to go through, you know, with a series of operations and et cetera. And um, when we found out, um, you know, when we when we had seen other people's stories um, and you see that, you know, some of them are now 10 years old, um, even older and that, it sort of gives you that hope. Mm. Um, and I suppose that made our decision easier because we're like, well, you know how can you how can you not give that child if it's Some, you know yeah that's right you know nine days <clears throat> if it if it's you know ten years if it's twenty years and that mm. who am I to to not give give did, that did they give you any um, what prognosis did they give you the doctors um, the doctors were it's basically everyone is is sort of different so yeah, yeah it's sort of um the prognosis is we'll, we'll try our hardest um mm. and and see what you know we can do it's depending on how they come out and how they respond to the operations and etc so. so how many weeks were you when you gave birth so i was 35 weeks in one day yeah. um i had a cesarean section because of obviously the risks and everything involved but also i had a complicated pregnancy yeah. too being yeah. twins everything sort of amplified so yeah, sort of when Isabella, when Valentina and Isabella were born, Valen, uh, Valentina was born first, um, and you know she came out and she's you know crying and and things, and I'm like, oh my god, you know you hear them, and it's like, oh, then you know you can feel all this pushing and pulling and things, mm. and then is it, and then they got Isabella, and I'm like, oh, I remember lying there going, is she okay? Like, mm. is she okay? Like, can't hear anything, like, um, no crying, no anything. Um, but they were actually working on her. So when she came out, it took took quite a while um, to get her her breathing yeah, it, <clears throat> get her uh, breathing yeah, yeah. and and being sort of stable. Um, mm. Tony was lucky enough to cut her cord, oh, so there nice. was there was time mm. um, for him to do that. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, you're lying on now. At that time, I had Valentina, so I was able to hold Valentina. Um, but then I was obviously worried about Isabella as well. So. Mm. Um, and basically, once I was wheeled out into recovery, so I hadn't seen her yet. I didn't know, you know, obviously she was identical twin, but mm. <laughs> sometimes they have different 
something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They may have a distinct look. Um, so I managed to see her in in the crib. They they brought her past me when I was lying there, and and um, I managed to see her for about two minutes before she was then taken off. Um, oh wow! And what about your husband? Yeah, so he was with her um, all the way. So basically, um, he then escorted her down to um, the NICU. Um, and then my mum and escorted her in the ambulance um, to the Royal Children's Hospital. So she was taken, um, yes, yeah, straight away. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so here I was lying in this bed and I've got one child that's getting off to the children's, another mm. one that's in special care nursery because obviously 35 and one weeks, they were quite small um, and they needed to be sort of there in, in the special care nursery. So. Wow. What about the duality, Kath, or Yolanda, like the the duality of having all that joy and then also balancing the worry? It's it's just chaotic, isn't it? Yep. It's really yep. chaotic because you've got you, you you really you've got exactly that. You've got the joy, then you've got the extreme of of the worry. Yeah, and um, you've got people trying to reassure you and. Then also reassure you, reassure you that the other baby is in good hands, yeah. but they can't reassure you enough because you know that something, yeah. you know, is is um, is wrong. Is wrong. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, when did you go over to the children's to see Isabella? Can you? So um, I was. Um, it was two. It was on the second day. So mm. basically, I wanted to go sort of the next day after I had my cesarean section. Um, but you know, in that, in that time, Tony was running back and forward. So, you know, I was in, um, in Francis Perry and Isabella was in the Royal Children's. So had she had surgery. Uh, no, she no. hadn't had surgery no. yet. So, um, she had her first op at, um, three days old mm. and it was a, it was a long, long day. Mm. Um, it was, uh, she was in there for about 12 hours. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a long day. So, so. in saying that, though, we were, we were lucky that because I was able to that we were able to hold sort of you know Isabella and I mean Valentina. So we were able to hold hold Valentina mm. um, through through Isabella's surgery um, and sort of you know and I suppose um, I'm religious, so I'm Catholic, so basically we we prayed and, mm. and things like that and and hoping that that, you know, everything would be okay. Mm. And um, did they give you any feedback on how Isabella was as far as, you know, clinically, how she was the, I think one of, the, one of the main things was Isabella was small. So she was only, um, she was under two kilos. So she was uh, 1.8 kilos when she was born. And so what was Valentina? Was, Valentina was 2.1. Mm. So oh, they're tiny. Yeah, 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 no, the little dots. Yeah, yeah. yeah, little tiny little babies. So mm. I think their major concern was her size. All along they said, you know, that when we had um, appointments and things, they said, you know, we need to try and get them as big as we can. Mm. And I think she was one of the one of the um, smallest that they, they had worked on. Um, so we had that size issue against us. Um, but obviously through, through the operation, we didn't hear anything. We were, you know, you sort of, you have your phone next to you, like, you know, is it working? Like, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so after, after the 12 hour surgery, you know, they called us, say, listen, the surgery's over. 
Um, we've obviously, we've had a few problems and things, um, but she should be up in ICU in a few hours. So you've got 12 hours surgery and then you've got to wait another. Oh, it's cruel, it was, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was like till, I think it was about midnight until I was able to, to see her in ICU. Um, and remember you're recovering from yeah. a cesarean section, which is major abdominal <laughs> surgery. Oh, no, I mean, plus you're caring for a newborn baby, plus yeah. your postnatal, plus yes. yeah, that plus, 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 plus everything. Yeah. I mean, you you must have been feeling um, emotionally just foul. <laughs> you know, oh, like, I think you just run you on... You just keep going, yeah, don't you? You just run yeah. on adrenaline. Yeah, I you think. do. You're yeah. right. You yeah. do. It's you, adrenaline you really that you do. run on. Yeah. yeah. So how was that night, that first night? So basically when she came back to us, she was on um, ECMO, which was basically a machine that would allow her heart time to rest and recover. Um, but it's not a, a long-term solution, sort of, you know, it, it takes takes that, from the heart. Yeah. Is that, is that the stuff outside the body? Is that yeah. the... Runs everything, yeah. yeah? Yeah, exactly. So basically she's lying in her in her ICU bed and, and she's got these tubes coming out um, of her chest. So obviously when she came back, her chest was still opened because um, they have to allow it to be open. So that in itself is very confronting mm. for anyone to see. You know, you're not, you're not used to mm. seeing open things no. um, as an everyday sort of person. So, um, yeah, so she's got yeah, all these tubes coming out and a machine to the side. And, and I remember the nurses always like, now if you want to, you know, sort of come and touch her hand or whatever, never go on that side because of the machine. Any sort of knock and everything at the end of the day, it's got blood throwing, flow, flowing through it. and that That is huge for a... Um, non-medical person, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, you 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 learn very quickly about medical procedures. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so, um, how did you how did she progress? Yeah. So basically, that night we got a phone call um, saying that they had to set up the room as as an operating theatre. Um, she had some bleeding underneath the chest membrane, so they had to go in and do an emergency sort of drainage. Um, then, um, so that. <laughs> That was sort of like, oh my God, is, mm. you know, I'm here. What am I going to do? Like, you know, and then I'm calling, you know, my mum because obviously she said, you know, she wants to keep in contact with everything and know what's happening. Everyone wanted to keep in mm. contact. And this is, this is day four? No, yeah, day, th- yeah, day the three, night of, yeah. the night oh, of the operation. Yeah, yeah, three, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, so that was very confronting because you, you don't, they, they say, you know, keep your phone on you just in case, you know, something happens. You almost think, oh, they're in safe hands and things, which which they are, and nothing is is predictable. But you sort of you're not ready for a call in the middle of the night saying, hey, we've had to set up the the room as, as a surgery. Yeah, we're operating on. Yeah, her. we're yeah, operating yeah. on yeah. her now. You know, did you go down? Uh, no, we didn't. No, no. We, no we, we they didn't want yeah. you down there. Yeah, yeah exactly. They just wanted to tell you. Yeah. yeah, and that's hard, isn't it? Because yeah. you know what's going on, but um, yeah, they have you to can't tell be you. There. Yeah, yeah. So, did you go down in the morning? Yeah. So yeah. we went down there in the morning, and obviously, you know, after surgery, and especially after heart surgery, and being on on the ECMO machine, you know, they're quite puffy. You know, you look at them, and it's it's really heartbreaking. Yeah, sort of, she doesn't know, look the same. Yeah, no. You know, you, you're seeing All a, swollen. A, yeah, yeah, a child lying there with mm. their chest open and tubes coming out. Mm. Um, you know, so confronting. Um, you know, then you've got anxiety about everything. Oh my mm. god, is everything you know going to be okay? I suppose when it sort of, you know, when we when we found out, we knew obviously that you had to have the operations, but. Nothing can obviously prepare you for mm. for what you're going to see. Um, That's right, and yeah. also when 
down the track when someone has said they've lost a baby, mm. no one, and, and or someone says, you know, I've heard you've lost a baby, no one knows what you've been through. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. And no one knows what you've seen mm. and no one knows what trauma you've had. Yeah. That's, that, that's a hard thing, Kath, yeah. right? Because, you know, as an outsider, if you approach somebody, you, you're aware that you don't know. You're aware that I can't. I can't empathise, I can't, I have no comprehension. And so it puts you as that external party, mm. just, I'm being honest, like it puts you in a place where you just think, I don't even know where to start. Mm. Yeah. 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 And, and I suppose it does get... Um, and you can people, see where it's easy, sorry, you can yeah. see where it's easy just to say, it's a nice day, isn't it? Yeah. 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 People don't want to go into that yeah. sort of conversation. Don't want to go there. Yeah. I mean, I suppose what what's really hard is when um when people say to you, Oh, so how many kids do you have? Mm. And I'm like, um, well, I have three. Yeah. But and then they're they're looking and they're like, You've only got two with you, so where's yeah, the third? And it's like, Oh my god, do I you know Yeah, do you, I go through the story? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's yeah. sort of like, Oh well I have twins. Well, do but, I recognise yeah. Isabella? Do I not? Do exactly. I go through the story? Do I just ignore it? Yeah. 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 So that, that's hard. Yeah. That is, is hard. Yeah. It is really because hard. Because do as you a parent. Yeah, it's also on cards and things. Do you do you put a name on? Mm. Do you do you Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's yes. and that's a really hard thing, sort of like you think, okay, well, you know, I want to, I want to. She was here, like you know, um, she she was born and and she did live. You did have three children, yes. yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like, well, yeah, I have three. Yeah, so, you know, mm. and I've sort of gotten over the years. You sort of like, yeah, yeah, I have three. You yeah, know? and then if they start, you thinking, oh, and you know, if they they want to sort of go into, it, I'm like, oh, well, the last one, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, and yeah. they quickly try and <laughs> then they walk away. <laughs> yeah. Run. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, some people are interested and, and want to listen. Yeah. Um, and some people are like, oh, okay, I don't know how you're going to feel about it. And and I suppose that, that's I think where that's, things get awkward. I think yeah. that's it. Like you don't want to braise it if it's going to yeah. upset you or if yeah. it's going to. But but what you're both saying is it's it's better t- to ask the question and be led by the person. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Because I suppose if you're not open to talking about it, you sort of shut down the conversation pretty pretty quickly yourself yeah. or if you're open about it, which I've always been open about Isabella. So, you know, I'm happy to, to talk well, about it. You wouldn't her. say you had three children, would you? Yeah. If, if you weren't open to yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. After that day or that morning you saw her, yeah. what, what, how did you progress from there? We had gotten to about, she was seven, seven days old um, and they advised us if we wanted to do any religious celebrations um, with her, and that's, you know, baptism, uh, yeah, baptism, um, and etc. And and because that's when they had decided, okay, well, you know, she had been on on ECMO for for the for so long, you know, we, they wanted to try and and bring her off it. And it was either going one of two ways. So yep. it was, you know, so that's where, which in a way it was good that we were able to baptise her. So we got a priest in. Um, we had all our family around. 
We had a beautiful photographer from Heartfelt that came in and we've got some amazing photos that we that we honestly we cherish. Mm. Like it was yeah, it was a brilliant day and and she had her eyes wide open mm. that that day and she was like just taking it all in. Yeah. Um and it was just a, a beautiful thing. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, we got her the little dress mm. and, and everything. We, we couldn't get her into it obviously because we couldn't move her. Mm. So uh, she was, you know, just laid on top of her. And then we we did some, um, you know, hand and footprints and things, things yeah. to sort of, you know, because even though we were advised, okay, it may go sort of one or two ways, you sort of don't think it's going to go the bad way. The bad way. Yep. It's sort of like you still got to keep that hope in for I suppose for your own sanity, for the child, um, for well, for it's the life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. It, it's yeah. pretty down if you just think bad things yeah. all the time. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, um, so um, day six, day seven, day seven, day seven, yeah. right. day seven. So, no, sorry, day eight, day eight. Yeah, yeah, day eight. So, at nine days old, that morning when I was at visiting Valentina in special care, um, our paediatrician came in and said, you know, did you want to take uh, Valentina across to see her sister? And I'm just like, oh, is it going to be okay? Like, you know, mm. this is the first time that I'm actually taking a baby, you know, being mm. a first-time mum. You know, she goes, no, she goes, I'll accompany you there. You know, we'll take the car and, and that I think it's really important, you know, that they get some bonding time too. So I'm like, oh, okay. So you know, the the um, the midwives there were, were fantastic in the special care. They they set up, you know, a little a little bottle and things because obviously she was prem. I was trying to breastfeed, but I couldn't because of all the stress that I was under as well. Um, so um, yeah, so they basically they they gave us a little bag and and off we went to the children's and. And the girls, they had some um, lovely moments there. They we lied them next to each other. They held hands um, and everything. And then, then the doctor and the cardiologist and that came in, and um, and they said, "Oh, you know, we need to have a, a meeting sort of thing." And I said, "Okay, you know." And we've gone into into the room, and they said, "Listen, um, we've tried to take her off ECMO this morning, so um, unfortunately, it's." Things haven't gone to plan, um, and there's a few issues. Um, not only is there's a hyperplastic left heart, she's developed obviously other issues um, from operating. Because mm. um, obviously, when they operate, it's, it's like a size of a walnut. Mm, the heart. So I know so, they're amazing that yeah, they can operate on exactly like those, the. Yeah. They're so pre- so precise with yeah, with yeah. things, but um, yeah. So she developed a few other um heart conditions there, and um, they said you know, there's nothing more that, that we can do. And at that point, I remember my husband just broke down and he was like, no, you can't be telling me that, you know, my, my child is not going to come out of, of this. It's that thing though, isn't it? You're like, yeah. where it's like, you've been holding on to that hope that you're talking about. Yes, and then they exactly. just, then did you feel like you had the strength because Tony... Yeah, I suppose I suppose I did. I, I sort of I mean Tony was really close with Isabella because he was always there. Mm. Um there with her sort of, you know, he got to you know wash her down before her operations and whereas I was sort of stuck recovering in mm. the other hospital I could go, you know, sort of when I could. But for him it was a real a bond. Re- yeah, a real yeah. bond and really hard um for him to take. Both of our parents were in the room sort of thing and we're trying to calm him down because 
he he yeah. he just lost it. And so. it was probably was it the first time he'd had any yeah any grief and any yeah exactly close to him yeah pass away? um well no he had experienced sort of um grief before but not in the sense of obviously mm-hmm. yeah sort of a, immediate mm. um sort of yeah mm. family being your own child so um and i suppose that was really the first time that he had sort of shown a lot of emotion as well so um holding it together yeah, yeah exactly sort of yeah and and i suppose he's he sort of felt maybe that he needed to sort of hold yeah. it together and it sort of got to a point where he just exploded. Couldn't manage. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, you know, the, they were. Gr- I mean, the social workers were there. They were great. You know, oh, do you need to speak to someone? You know, and he, he being a male, he was always like, oh, no, I'm fine. Like, you know, mm. I don't want to speak to anyone. You're not going to understand, you know. But I think what it is, it's important for males to speak about their feelings. Mm. And, um, I mean, some people will, some people won't. I mean, I did try and encourage him to, um, but he's a typical Italian man and, and, won't, and mm. won't talk about his mm. feelings. Um, so, yeah, so basically that from going from that sort of like you're sort of in shock, mm. you're like, okay, they can't do anything more for my child. That out of all the medical things and in the world, in the world, that that's it. My child cannot can't they can't do anything more for her. Mm. Um, and they said, you know, it's completely up to us what we wanted to do. Um, sort of, you know, uh, when we wanted to sort of turn off machines and things. So we had uh, all the family come and say their goodbyes to her, and then we were in. Uh, the room with our parents, my parents and Tony's parents. We sat there, we read her a book, um, you know, guess how much I love you. So, yeah, 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 really, you know, that that was, it was really hard, Um, you know, and that was, that was actually the first time that I ever got to hold her. Mm. So in the, in this whole nine days, it was the first time I got Mm. to hold her. Mm. And that, that was really sort of, that was hard because mm. it's like I'm holding you. I've only held you for for you know five minutes, and I've got to say goodbye to you already. Oh, you know, Lander. yeah. So, oh dear. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this, mate. This, this is awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. So basically, we um, we had to turn off her machines, yeah. um, which it's was a very, very yeah. It was a very traumatic experience. Yeah. Tony was holding her when they when they turned off the machines, yeah. um, and I mean that that point is something that I'll never forget. I'll never forget um, her face and and things like that. It was it was very traumatic and it's something that does play in your head every now and then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is what it is. You know, even though she was here for nine days, the amount of people that she met from mm. the family and the amount of love that oh. was shown to her. And the Facebook, yeah. Facebook stuff, I mean, she yes. just generated a lot of love from Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah. when we were, um, when we obviously knew that sort of we were having one that had a heart condition, we, when we got to about 24 weeks, I think it was, I said to Tony, I said, I want everyone to know that we know that there's something, you know, not right. And what she has is something that sort of, um, you know, is, is a terminal illness. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I want everyone, everyone to know, not that they're asking me sort of, you know, questions and, and things like that, you know, after, mm. after she's born and, and things, you know, um, and I suppose, and that, that's me sort of being quite open and honest with everyone. Cause 
not a lot of people like to share things like that. Mm. Um, but I felt, you know, obviously with our family and, and friends, not that they think, oh, you're going to have two healthy twins and, you know, everything's going to be okay. So, but in saying that, I mean, I set up a nursery for two. Um, I bought clothes for two um, because I honestly believed that that wasn't going to happen then. So we, even though we knew how serious her condition was, I didn't think it was going to happen in, in nine days. Mm. I didn't think that she wasn't going to come home. The story doesn't end there, yeah, does it? Exactly. No, it sure doesn't. <laughs> because, um, you know, we'll get on to Valentina in yeah. a minute, but um, how did everyone then deal with Isabella's yeah. passing? Um, so, again... My family pulled together. Mm. Um, everyone came together. Everyone helped each other. Uh, um, put their differences aside and and things like that. And and uh, much help as I needed because I wanted to obviously you know organise a funeral for for her that was going that she was going to be remembered um, by. And it, I suppose it's hard because I was running back and forward to the hospital with mm. with Valentina, trying to you know feed her and and etc. and um, organising a, a funeral as well. So um, they helped by, you know, they're just like, you know, what do you want us to do? Mm. And that's where you sort of had to delegate. And I'm not one to delegate. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do things all, all by myself, but it came to a point where you, you just couldn't. Yeah. And was the funeral as part of the grieving process yeah. helpful for you and saying goodbye to Isabella? Yeah, I, I definitely think it was. Um, yeah. I mean, some people choose not to have sort of funerals mm-hmm. because obviously being so little and, and things like that, you, you don't necessarily need a funeral. But um, Isabella was um, was buried with my dad. Um, so it, that... For for me, I sort of knew that she was she was going to be looked after, so it needed to be a a, a closure mm. sort of thing. Um, and and the it was sort of like a closure of sort of like a, a, a bad dream that that I never wanted to sort of experience again, and that I never wanted anyone to to experience. Yeah, yeah, and go through, and also um, knowing that she's sort of safe with your dad. Yeah, too. exactly. Did, that, did you feel that? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Sort of like I felt, you know, she was with my dad and my nonno, my nonno. Yeah, that was a really lovely sort of feeling, and sort of like she's she's protected. So I've got I've got a child, and now you got now you they've got a, a grandchild to look after mm. up there. Sort of grandchild and great grandchild. Mm. And what about friends, Yolanda? Did 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 people? Did people go away from you? Did, did did you find some people actually didn't, you know, support you? Were, were there some people that actually couldn't cope with it and, and moved away from you? Um, no. Oh, my close my close friends were there yeah. for me definitely. That mm. and they were always like, you know, and my door is always open, and they're still like that. Yeah. Because you know you do go through your days where some days are you know easy, some days aren't. Mm. Um, didn't really have um too many. Too many people. I mean, I, again, a lot of people don't know what to say. Sort of, they're like, um, you know, we're really sorry for your loss, sort of thing, and you know, and it's, and I suppose, what what else can you say? Yeah, <laughs> you I know. know. It comes yeah. back down to it, doesn't it? You don't know what to say. You never will yeah. find the words. You just have to exactly to be there. Yeah, mm. exactly. You just have to be there and and be there for that for for me to call if mm. if I feel that and I need to call. It's really something that. I suppose we think about it when we have children. We think about death of children. Yeah. 
but you don't want to go there. Like you don't want you don't want to think about it. You know, you don't really want to yeah. talk about it. It's just it's just the scariest thing to. But, yeah. And when it's so real and it's raw and it's happened to you, it's so confronting. Mm. Yeah, definitely. To actually talk to you about something that's there and yeah. and you're. Is some you're someone that's reminding me that it's happened yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did Tony manage? Because as we know, we said you know, like men do grieve differently. Um, yeah. I think um, sometimes they they tend to go to other places and grieve or cry or you know they certainly grieve, but. They don't do it like women yeah. and we tend to do it together and cry and hug and, you know, sob and, yeah. Yeah, I think that's where his mates came in um, yeah. So and especially his brother. Yeah. Um, Tony's not a sort of person that opens up to, to a lot of people and he sort of he holds in his his grief. Um, but, you know, I was, I sort of had pushed him to his, to his brother who was fantastic. I mean, they live in the country. So, um, and his family was in, in from the country, but they were down as much as they could. Um, you know, and, and he was a real support for him. Um, and just to be able to talk and I suppose, you know, no one knows you more so than your brother, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and your parents. Um, but I think more so, yeah, for him, but also his friends that he'd grown up, um, grown up with sort of he relied heavily on his friends and and I mean yeah they don't sit there and they cry they they go for a drink Mm. they you know they stand around they have a drink and you know they talk about it that way as long as they talk about it yeah exactly yeah so Miss Valentina yeah (laughs) Miss Valentina so so obviously you know we we'd we'd uh, buried Isabella and then Valentina got to come home after 15 days of being in special care nursery um, so, yeah, bring her home, you know, obviously trying to look after a newborn and grieving is obviously another... That's another challenge yeah, exactly. in itself. <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. So that, I mean, you know, all mothers out there listening to this will be just like, oh, my God, how hard is it yeah. bringing home a baby? And On and, top of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and sitting there saying, oh, my God, it's so hard just dealing with sleep deprivation, let alone grieving. Yeah. A dead baby on top of that, like, yeah, jeez, yeah. you dig deep, don't you? Yeah, you really, you got to dig deep. Yeah, exactly. You got to dig, and you, you just don't realise how strong you are too. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You, you sort of look at it and you're like, I'm never going to be able to do this, and I think that's what a lot of people look at. They're like, How the hell how did, did you, you get do through it? that? Yeah, like you know, and it's like, well, I just had to. Yeah, because yeah. you can't give up. No, you can't. You just you know, got to put one yeah. foot in front of the other. Yeah, and and Valentina makes you get at. Yep. Made you get out of bed and yep. put one foot in front of the other. Didn't exactly, she? Yep. she was my sort of main um, motivation. Yeah, um, to to sort of get out of bed. Yeah, obviously, you yep. know, to you know, I had to look after her, and um, you know, I put a lot of my focus on her. So um, I did sort of push my grief to the to the background. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, that she she made me go forward so mm. and tony as well obviously because you sort of said goodbye but in a, in a in a way we were so lucky that we had another one to hold yeah. a lot of people don't have that other one to hold so mm. even though we said goodbye to one we still came home with another one mm. 
So, um, you know, I suppose that... And an identical one too. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. Um, basically Valentina um, mm. had a scan done, obviously, well, with what everything uh, Isabella went through was such a, a um, serious heart condition. Uh, so she had a scan done with the first few days um, in special care nursery and they discovered she had my mild aortic stenosis um, in, in her heart. Um, so, but basically the cardiologist said, you know, it's minor, it may never need any intervention. Um, you know, she'll be okay. You know, she can live with it. There's athletes and things that, that have this sort of thing and, and she'll be fine. Famous last words. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And I'm just like, oh, you know, okay. You know, cause at that time obviously I was, not, fo- yeah, yeah. That's right. yeah. <laughs> I was focusing on Isabella <clears throat> at that time as well. So I'm like, okay, thank God she's okay. Even though she's got this, she's going to be okay. And she was. Yeah, she was. Was thriving, wasn't she? Yeah, exactly. Because so, um, yeah. Yolanda used to come in and yeah. you know would weigh her each week, and she was putting on weight, yeah. and she was gorgeous and yeah. like thriving, meeting all the milestones, and doing yeah. really well. Yeah, until yeah, until until, until she was about seven and a half weeks old, um, and she had started to decrease her feeding. And I remember calling you, Kath, and I'm just like, um, something's just not right. Mm. You know, there's, she there's had a cough. Yeah, she had she had a really bad sort of like um, cry, like yeah. her her cry she had was changed. Just different. It was something different. And I remember you saying. If you feel that there's something wrong, take her to the children's. Follow your intuition mm. and, and just take her there. Just get her checked out. That's what you're you always know. saying, isn't yeah. it? So you just you yeah. know Look, your baby. It's you just, it. it's just, you know, everything is how you feel as a mother. And mm. so many times people ring me and because I'm not with the baby and it's like, what do you think? And if you think there's something wrong, just go. And because we knew in the back of our mind that there was something there with her heart, even though the cardiologist said probably never may have um, a heart surgery, it was like... There was still something there, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's where that's when I then had to face, like, thinking, okay, I've got to take this child, I you know, know, to the children's. I have not uh, another I, one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, <laughs> oh. you know, I had walked out of there. I remember when Isabella had passed away. I said, I hope that I never have to come back, that's come right. back here again, and relive anything that I've had to, to do. I remember I just want, it's a great hospital. and Never and, go in there again. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to come back. So, so association can't. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I'm like in the back of my head, I'm like, oh my God, I have to go there. I don't want to take her there. What happens is there's something wrong. And my mum, you know, that's when mum's like, you know, Yolanda, come on, let's, let's yeah. just go. We'll go, you know, so we took her there and basically she was in heart failure um, and they found out... Um, she didn't show, obviously, all the normal signs. Um, all it was was the decrease in feeding and, and coughing and the and the, the, the coughing and the yep. crying that yep. that was different. Yeah, yep. and I remember holding her there and I'm bawling my eyes out, sort of thinking, "Oh my god, what's going on?" Sort of thing. And then two of the cardiologists come in. And they said, "Listen, um, Valentina needs emergency open heart surgery tomorrow morning." Oh, you have got yeah. to be mm. and. I, I just screamed. Yeah. I screamed because I, I, I'm holding her and I was just screaming. And mm. my mum, my dad, um, my um, husband, Tony, he he's just like, 
what the hell? Time to scream. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had to. It was like a, a release sort of thing. I said, no, this can't be happening to her. Not Valentina. Like, no. you know, I had enjoyed seven and a half weeks, you mm. know, with her at home, and she know. was th- she was yeah. doing so well. Like, she was putting it was on weight. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, you think, oh well, they're putting on weight, everything. Yeah, you know, ticking yeah. all the boxes and yeah. everything. And then it's just a sudden. And yeah. you're starting to sort of. Not, not sort of. You can't ever say you're coping with grief and things like that. But you're really, yeah. you're getting there, and yeah. you're just you're slowly starting to come out of things. And yeah, but mm. oh my god, that yeah. day I'll never forget it. So that that was really, yeah, that was yeah. really tough. And um, we slept that night um, in ICU on a couch in a meeting room. Um, both so Tony relaxing. and I. Yeah. yeah. So because I didn't want to leave that hospital. Yeah. I didn't want to leave her and I, I wasn't allowed in the room because they were doing a lot of things to prepare her, obviously. So going from something that, you know, she may never need any intervention mm. um, to all of a sudden being critical, they still don't know how that happened. The cardiologist said we could put 10 cardiologists in the room and we would, no one would have ever picked that. No. So it's something that just happened. Don't know why, mm. um, but yeah, it did for her. So... Um, basically she went in for her operation. And I can remember ringing you. Yep. Because it was, what, 10 hours, 14 yeah, hours? 10, what, 10 hours, hours? Yep. I can remember ringing you after about eight hours. I can remember being in Turak Road and thinking it must be over yeah. now. And I was like, how are you? This is about eight hours into it. It's still not out. I'm like, you've yeah. got to be choking. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. How much can this woman go through, this yeah. family go through? Uh, yeah, and then and then that's yeah, you'd called and then I'm like, no, I haven't heard anything and then we got a call from the anaesthetist. Um Valentina has to undergo another operation called the Ross procedure. It's a switch operation pretty mm. much. So her aortic valve is taken away and they use her polymerase valve and put that into the aortic position and a donor valve or they can get calf valves and mechanical valves and et cetera. Valentina was extremely r- lucky to have a donor valve waiting there for her. Mm. Um, but I remember when they when he had called me and said, you know, we, we have to do this and I'm just like, but I'm pretty sure I remember you you telling me yesterday that um, that you don't recommend doing that surgery. So that's when you sort of sort of come to a realisation, oh, God, this is really, really? Yeah, serious, serious. Yeah. sort of like, you know, it, that's a, that was their last option. They had no more options to sort of go through and, and that's when I messaged you and I said, oh, my God, I can't lose her. Like, mm. you know, I've lost one, I can't I lose know, another I one. I remember that, yeah. Um, you know, she she's my everything. Mm. So, um, but, yeah, she, she came back on ECMO, so the same machine that um, Isabella was on to give her heart a rest and, and recover. So, um, But five days later, they managed to get her off ECMO and then it was recovery sort of, you know, um, and, and obviously, you know, you go through emotions um, in that time of, of basically uh, like, you know, it's still still at that point you're like, okay, even though she's, she's gone, she, her chest is closed, everything's okay, there's still so much risk involved mm. with with um with babies and so many machines and things do you do you become i mean obviously she's she's three and we know that she yeah. has had uh, like you know she's this beautiful little girl yes. you know yeah. but do you having had the most unfathomable traumatic experience do you do you do you cotton wool these children? Are you, are you, you can't sneeze, you can't fall over, you can't have a little bleedy finger? Like what, what happens? Yeah, so so I, 
I did and I still do um, to this point. I mean, because she's so special to me and, and as I said, I did want to wrap her in cotton wool. Um, but in the same sense, you have to let them be a child too. Um, you have to let them sort of, you know, develop and, and grow sort of normally, um, even though the, the, they are special. So, uh, but in that sense, you know, she does Jimbaroo. She does, you know, she's such an active little girl. Mm. You would look at her and think, no, nothing. You've got nothing (laughs) wrong with you. (laughs) She runs around and yeah, she, she's an amazing child. Absolutely Mm. amazing. Mm. So fantastic. And, um, what was it like being pregnant a yeah. second time. So, yeah. So, basically, Frankie was our surprise child. <laughs> Frankie, <laughs> no IVF? Yeah, no IVF. Oh, my so, God. How many times yeah. does that happen? Yeah. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah. People are on IVF for five, six, seven cycles, eight cycles, how many? Yeah. And then, you know, so many viruses. <laughs> yeah. They've been sick and they think they've got a virus and they do a pregnancy yeah. test and the virus is positive. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> your mind was basically, I was focusing on myself. So part of my grieving process was basically um, to sort of then try after I sort of gotten Valentina to a certain point was to then try and focus on myself uh, and do something for myself. Um, so I was going through doing exercising, starting to lose weight and, you know, I was really <laughs> loving it and, and everything. And then I come home one night and I'm just like, oh, I'm really not sick. feeling well. Like, you know, I, oh. what the, what's going on? Like, you know. Terrible company. Yeah. <laughs> so boring, Yolanda. You yeah. never talk. And I want to eat chips all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Sort of, you know. So, and, and I remember Tony had a migraine that night and, and he had gone to bed and uh, I had lied down, had a rest for a few hours and I'm like, I'm still not feeling well. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'm late, so I, I might just take a test just in case. And I mean, you know, at that point, you take so many pregnancy tests through your life, yeah. you know, and especially, you know, going through IVF and, you know, being infertile and things like that. So, yeah. um, you know, and then it comes back positive. And I, I did was just... Did you wake him uh, up? Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said... Um, did you wake him up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> migraine or no migraine. Yeah, wake exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, Tony, wake up. And that point, he'd taken strong medication as well to, to <laughs> just knock probably woke up the next morning and go, I had a dream yeah. <laughs> that you that yeah. you were pregnant. Yeah, and then and then I'm just like, Tony, I'm pregnant. He goes, No. No, really? And I said, Yeah. He goes, Okay, we'll talk about it in, in the, the morning. morning. <laughs> and I'm just I'm like, Oh my God, well, well I need to talk to someone. I I don't want to speak to my mum because I don't want to tell her over the phone that, you know. And so I, I'm calling my sister. She's in Adelaide and I'm just like um, I, I messaged her and I'm just like, you know, are you awake? She goes, yeah, yeah, I'm awake because this is like 11 o'clock at night. And, and I said, oh, I've got to talk to you sort of thing. And I remember telling her and she's just like, oh, my God, like, you know, <laughs> I, I can't believe this. And, and I mean, I suppose then it comes into the, into the fact of um, – you don't want to lose this child as well. Yes. So again, grief comes back because it's like, you know, okay, I've got this happiness and all this. I don't want to get too excited mm. just in case, you know, something's not right. I can't or, be happy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah, so I remember I rang the doctor straight away the next morning and I'm just like, you know, I need to come in um, to see you sort of thing and, you know, run blood tests, everything like that. And um, That's a joy. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. a joy. So you ended up with a healthy boy. Yes, Frankie. Frankie. Yep. And he's well? Yeah, he's well. He's doing good. Straightforward pregnancy, no issues. No. Um, yeah, and he is, he's a... Keeping he, you busy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he's keeping me busy, but he, he's a really good, he's a good boy. That's great. Yeah, very different. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, it's a very sad story and um, 
It's you had everyone here in tears, but we need to talk about it, and um, it's uh, it's it was really great and very brave. Thank you so much for sharing it. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin. Birth, Baby, and Beyond is recorded in the studios of Podcast One Melbourne, Australia. Executive producer is Brooke Carrigan. Audio production by Darcy Thompson and music by Matt Nikolic. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app. A Podcast One production.